0: Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Hello, good morning, Bobcat fans, and welcome to this Monday, May 1st edition of Bobcat Radio here on KTSW 899. And we got a good show for you guys today. I'm your host, Kobe Jackson, alongside my wonderful co host, JP Flan- Flanagan. And like I talked about earlier, we have a good lineup Texas State baseball and softball both victorious in their conference series. Also, NFL draft is officially over, as we will kind of give you the rundown of the top stories in the draft. Also, round one of the NBA playoffs has officially concluded as well as we look forward to round number two but before we get into all of that let's start with the jp from a word from our sponsor
1: twin twin peaks restaurant sports bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of bobcat radio located on the northbound furnage road of i-35 at guadalupe street in san marcos twin peaks has bites wings burgers sandwiches and more info and menu at twinpeaksrestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, Eats, Drinks, and Scenic Views. Thank you, JP. Let's go and get right into
0: it. Texas State, let's start off with Texas State softball as they were very victorious in their conference win against the Marshall Thundering Herd. First game was on April 28th on Friday final score of that was 3 to nothing so a shutout there for the Bobcats then they had to drop and then they dropped the game on Saturday as they lost 2 to 1 against the Marshall Thunderhead that even the series and then a big blowout victory against Marshall the final day which was Sunday with the final score of 9 to 1 I mean the big story really here if you're looking at this series was Sarah Vanderfer she was all over the place during this series had a double in the first game also i believe she had she but she even though she was hitless in the second game she did have a home run that she'd hit in the final game of this conference matchup so the bobcats are on a real roll right now and you know the momentum's on their side heading work any more closer to a uh, conference play
1: yeah i mean and we had talked about in previous weeks how the softball team had kind of been on a skid and they were kind of looking to build off any sort of a mental they could find and um, you know that ULM series like last week I think really was the momentum changer because you know coming off of you know six seven straight losses and then a a blowout from uh, from Texas A&M down the street I mean you really needed something to get you going and that ULM series really turned things around because this Marshall team is no joke and they, they were you know 39 and eight or something before mm-hmm. going into this weekend and now they're 49 and um this texas state team was just able to you know match them and match their energy and it was really awesome to watch because i mean they didn't just do it in fashion where you know it was close and they, they gave it their all i mean they really just put them in the dirt and really you know showed what they what they're about and i'm glad you mentioned sarah vannaford because that's one of the leaders on this team and mm-hmm. if this team really does want to have any sort of success they're going to need those uh, leaders like Vanderford and Earls, and um, you know the pitching to be on the, on its end. So I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, and this was not no easy Marshall team. This was a good Marshall team to beat, and especially since Texas State's looking to build on wins like that. I mean, only only good things from here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the, they have one more. They will have one more final conference series against JMU. and We'll kind of get into that a little bit later. But just going back to the series, first off, we got to start off with Jessica Mullins, who pitched outstanding in the first game, allowing no run scored throughout the whole game. She wouldn't game so she won the full seven innings during the whole game she went uh she only gave up three hits two walks she also struck out seven batters as well so a real dominant performance by her and then obviously if you're looking at second the second game presley glendee was on the mound as well for the bobcats and also tory mccann was the starting pitcher as well so obviously a little bit of a break there but in the final matchup where they only scored nine runs Jessica Mullins was back on the mound once again and she went a full six innings you only gave up four hits one run one earned run so that was the only run that Marshall scored and then struck out 10 batters I mean talk about I mean talk about that seven strikeouts from the first game struck out 10 batters in the final game of this series I mean I mean what more can you say I mean throwing over 100 pitches as well I mean so far this Bobcat team has a lot of momentum and you know, they just, they're just they just trying to get more wins.
1: Yeah, I mean, and this is crucial time for it to happen. I mean, it's the end of the year, and you're getting ready for a tournament, some tournament. Um, good things, though, I mean, this JMU team, they're getting ready to play, uh, did get swept by the Raging Cajun, something that they share with the Texas State Bobcats. And then looking at this, uh, the, the them against Marshall, they went one and two against Marshall versus Texas State going two and one. So, I mean, you like where we stand or where Texas State stands going into this series, um, but it'll be crucial that Texas State's able to finish the season on a high note especially since, you know, the Sun Belt's not very forgiving. Um, Coming into that tournament, you're going to have to be playing your best. And um, I think this JMU matchup could be a perfect opportunity for them to, you know, get ready for that tournament when it does arise.
0: Absolutely. And currently right now, sitting in the Sun Belt standings, currently Texas State is sitting at fifth place in the Sun Belt, and right behind them is JMU. So it's a 5-6 battle in the conference between these two teams as they will play each other this Friday Uh, And they'll have another weekend series as Texas State softball will conclude their regular season this weekend, this weekend against JMU. But let's go and switch things to the men's side. Texas State baseball was also victorious in their series as well as they took on old Justin Verlander's team in Old Dominion. As the Bobcats were really, really, really impressive. Just starting off with Friday's game final score of 11 to 1 I mean that was an outstanding performance by Levi Wells and we talked about him and the dominant series he had against Marshall but just going off of Levi Wells stats had you know set when a full seven innings had two only uh, struck two hits two walks but struck out 10 batters as well he also pitched 114 pitches in the ball game so obviously a real productive day for Levi Wells and especially for this Bobcat batting lineup as they scored 11 runs in the first game.
1: Yeah I mean thank you to Levi Wells. I mean he, we've, this is just proven that time in and time out he, he can really start a series and set the momentum for this team and I think that's great that Coach Trout has been able to find that momentum spark because going into this this series I mean you really needed to see Texas State take advantage of these opportunities against Old Dominion. I mean you saw how in the Troy series it seemed like they were in the driver's seat when Levi was out there and then the moment he came out because um, the, the series kind of fell and I mean it was great to see a series that you you know went in the favor of the Bobcats 2-1 I mean honestly l- looking at the series recap for the weekend though I think I think this is a, a team that Texas State really could have you know 3-0'd and that would have been you know a lot of momentum but I mean you can't ask for much I mean that Old Dominion team was in the same spot Texas State is in this was a very important fight for like the 4-5 and seed I think in the Sun Belt so I mean it was great to see Texas State really solidify themselves in the in the top running of the Sun Belt right now and hopefully that you know with a lot of baseball left in the season they're able to capitalize I know that the next game is against Incarnate Word who's having a great season of the- their own in the fcs level um but the great thing about the te- this texas state team is they've played a lot of the big teams in the country yeah. so i mean they come with the experience of you know playing teams like texas a&m playing texas you know the big upper, upper echelon schools in the in the country so i mean i think that plays in the favor of both the softball team and the baseball team they're not shying away from any competition maybe it's not leading to wins but um, it's certainly leading to better experience so that you can take advantage of these opponents that um you know coming up on the schedule
0: You do make a great point about them playing big teams because, obviously, Texas is obviously one of the big teams that they played this season. Also, UTSA Roadrunners, who, you know, unfortunately, Bobcats split the series between them, but they're having an unbelievable year as well, as well as Incarnate Word, like you just mentioned. So the Bobcats are getting those type of teams that they want I mean that they would want to face but at the same time you try to match the level of competition like some of the bigger schools have and honestly they're living up to it but currently sitting they're like you talked about they're sitting currently fourth in the Sunbelt Conference right now Old Dominion is now sitting seventh in the Sunbelt Conference Texas State with the 12 to 9 record uh in conference 29 and 16 overall so obviously a really good win for the Bobcats baseball team against Old Dominion and just just looking ahead to the incarnate words that incarnate word ball game that game will be tomorrow at 6 p.m at ball cap ballpark here in san marcus so obviously a lot of people are going to be at this game people from, traveling from san antonio to come watch to come watch this so i expect this to be a really big crowd here in san marcus so but i mean honestly, this is where you really have to make, I wouldn't say make or break, but at the same time, build them, but keep the momentum going against a really good and common word team and just try to keep going as you know, they try to finish out the series.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't have someone like UIW walk into San Marcos and, you know, uh, put a loss on the win column. Cause you know, it is a one game series. And I mean, obviously the big name of Texas state and San Marcos, this UIW team wants to, you know, put themselves on the map, but you know, as a Texas state team, are you going to allow that team to do that? And that'll be the big question mark going into the game. Um, can Texas State really just, you know, put their foot down and and finish the season out the way that we all know they're capable of?
0: So that is right. Texas State baseball ta- taking on Incarnate Word Cardinals at 6 p.m. at Bobcat Ballpark here in San Marcos. You can catch that game on EASPN Plus. And if you want to go out to the game, please go out and support the Bobcats. But we're going to take a quick break. But on the other side, we're going to be talking about the NFL Draft and NBA playoffs round two is officially set. Don't go anywhere, folks. You were listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. Welcome back to this Monday, May 1st edition of Bobcat Radio here in here in San Marcos, Texas. So now let's go and get started with some national sports as we will be done talking about Texas State. And let's go and talk about the NFL draft as we had a really interesting NFL draft this past this past weekend, as all those stars were at the draft there in Kansas City, Missouri, hoping their name would be called. And obviously, some unrestricted free agents were also signed as well. So don't think that people didn't get to sign uh, to their team. But I mean, just going off of the NFL draft, I mean, to me, if you're looking at the winners of this draft, I know we really don't talk about winners a lot, but. I mean, some teams that really made a lot of noises in the draft was the Texans and the Seahawks, surprisingly. So, obviously, a really interesting draft here. Also, my Steelers, which I'll dig into my little spiel in a minute. But, I mean, just this draft was honestly unbelievable. But, honestly, some of it was not surprising either.
1: Yeah, I mean, I felt like those first 10 picks weren't, like, the most surprising. You could kind of feel where things were falling. Um, If I had to, like, call out a team that maybe made, you know, some questionable decisions, and this is a team I'm really pulling for as the season, you know, ramps up and the offseason goes, is the Detroit Lions. It didn't really feel like they had very much of a mission going into this, and I mean, they have a lot of question marks, but did, were any of those questions really filled? I mean, when their, their first pick was 12th overall, um, and they decided to grab another running back, um, this is obviously because they knew that they were going to have a hole with the DeAndre Swift thing. I mean, he's been a guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy too long and get a lot of meaningful minutes at, on this Lions team. So yeah, I mean, that was the first question mark. And then um, a lot of question about drafting a linebacker in the first round. Uh, not a lot of people felt like any were worth drafting in the first round besides the number three overall pick Will Anderson and he's more of an edge type linebacker so I mean yeah just questionable decisions by them and then and then the second round they started off with uh drafting Sam Laporta mm-hmm. the one pick ahead of um Myers who was the you know in my my mind the number one tight end in this draft so I mean very questionable decision making but I mean I trust Dan Campbell um I mean they he's got something moving in you know Detroit and hopefully this is you know just me being you know me and overlooking things that you know <laughs> that could be you know important and then also I mean, I think one highlight was the Hennon Hooker pickup. Yeah, I mean, although he's two years younger than than um, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Yeah, I mean, I think he has a bright future, and I think that's something that you can just stalk behind Jared Goff, get that experience. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call them a loser in this, but I mean, you would definitely raise your eyebrows with the, where they were going in this direction.
0: Yeah, and one thing—I mean, you're you're 100 right because honestly, I was kind of surprised that DeAndre Swift got even got traded anyway. And what's crazy is he got traded to the Philadelphia Eagles, which. To me, it makes sense because Miles Sanders, you know, obviously is somewhere else. So, obviously, they needed a good running back, and why not get a great running back in DeAndre Swift? Now, I do do take in account that injuries do happen, and it's unfortunate, but unfortunately, that's the NFL for you, you know. But, I mean, just looking at other teams, I mean, let's talk about the Houston Texans for just a second because they got two first-round picks in – the in the first round, back to back picks. Obviously drafting, obviously the number two, uh, drafting number two and CJ Stroud, which wasn't surprising, but also picking up Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama as well. I mean, a really awesome draft. Then wide receiver from Houston and Tank and Tank Dell. And I mean, honestly, if you're the Houston Texans, I think a lot of it opened a lot of eyes for a lot of NFL fans. And to be honest with you, the Houston Texans had a great draft. They drafted every round, so they didn't trade up anything for all their draft picks. So, I mean, a really good draft by the Houston Texans.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people were giving them criticism about, you know, the way it was done. But, I mean, I think that getting the franchise quarterback was very important and, you know, solidifying him at two and not having to, you know, push back and risk losing out on C.J. Stroud was a great was a great move by them. And then getting that third spot so that um, Ryan DeMarco, um, or, yeah, I think that's his name, I totally butchered that but I mean getting his defensive player on the defense was crucial because you know he's a defensive minded head coach who's coming from San Francisco when they play stout defense there so it was very awesome to see that them you know be aggressive and get the two of the top three picks Um, something that has only been done twice before I think it was in 2000 I forget the team but and then the one other time in like the 80s so it's not very common that two a team is able to secure two top three picks and I don't think they did too bad with it I mean they were able to capitalize they, they clearly went for need and they went for the franchise so they not, not only have a franchise player on the offense but also on the defense
0: you know what's crazy is about this draft is that cj stroud said something about houston fans i forgot what it was but i mean but i mean i'm happy for stroud i'm happy the fact that he is on the team and to be honest with you i think he's gonna be their franchise quarterback and i i, I said that last time when deshaun watson got drafted by the houston texans i was like okay this dude's gonna be their franchise quarterback he's gonna be, be there for a long time and, you know, we obviously know how that turned out as well. But, I mean, I just kind of want to talk about the Steelers for just a second because, honestly, the Steelers had a really, really amazing draft. They they graded the Steelers an A for their draft as well. But, I mean, we got outstanding people. I mean, Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle from Georgia, also Darnell Washington as well. Also got two great defensive players from Wisconsin, Keanu Ben and Nick Herbig. So, I mean, a really awesome draft for – for pittsburgh and then obviously picking up the big time corner from penn state and joey porter jr so i mean a real amazing draft by the steelers team however the one thing i did wanted to kind of question is that we don't have really a good running back i mean i know i talk about Najee harris a lot and how you know he's kind of downgraded himself but I, to be honest with you i think this defense really honestly just added a lot of pieces because i know we were going to be missing a few people here due to free agency but i mean what a, what a great draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Yeah, I mean, and one of the teams that, I mean, because I don't have, like, a specific NFL team, and you were talking about this, Kobe, so I'm kind of just like a wanderer out there, just trying to find a team to, you know, really support. And one of these teams that I could just easily see, you know, upside in was the Eagles. I mean, they just, they drafted with purpose, and, you know, a team that's coming off of a uh, Super Bowl loss, I mean, you would think, okay, the offense isn't the issue, it's the defense, and mm-hmm. that's what they prioritize. They prioritize going after the defense, and I've heard jokes that they're becoming the Georgia Bull Eagles, you know mm-hmm. they they have plenty they have plenty of eagle uh, Georgia defensive uh, players now, and you know that's that speaks volumes to what Georgia's building and how how they've you know been developing their players. And I really think that this you know, Eagles team becomes even more dangerous than it already is because I mean last year I think what really cost it besides the fumble from Jalen Hurts might have just been the lack of the ability to contain mm-hmm. the the goat P- Patrick Mahomes. So I mean they they did ha- they had a great um, draft, and I think that this puts them in the driver's seat to be like mm-hmm. one of the top three favorites to return to the Super Bowl I think that you know this solidifies them as you know not not just a fluke one-year thing Mm -hmm. against um, Patrick Mahomes but you know a team that's wanting to come back and and they have a lot of returning players from that team not a lot of people retired you know people are committed and locked into getting back to where they were absolutely so that was your
0: NFL draft kind of spiel a little bit as we will kind of keep you updated more as unrestricted free agent signing I just want to kind of give a quick shout out to one of my Uh, high school classmates, Mr. Ben Sims, who was an undrafted free agent drafted to the Minnesota Vikings this past weekend. So, I mean, big Ben Sims, congratulations. I hope you do well in Minnesota and you know, hope you get your Super Bowl and make the Clark Cougars proud. But let's go and take a transition into the NBA playoffs. And man, this round one, I mean, you could make an argument this is one of the best round ones I've seen in a very long time. But round one is officially over as we saw some interesting, interesting things going on this past weekend. As so, we're gonna go ahead and start off with the. I think the up. I guess you could call it an upset, but not really an upset. Is the Memphis Grizzlies and the Los Angeles Lakers as they battled Game Six of Round One? And let me just say, I didn't. I to. Uh, let me just say this: Grizzlies had no chance of winning like No chance of winning, especially when. Uh, LeBron James Anthony Davis and D'Angelo Russell were just going absolutely bonkers in this ball game I mean Grizzlies have been kind of I guess you could say the controversial team throughout this season with the noise they've been making especially with John Moran and his off-the-court situation and then obviously Dylan Brooks with his little uh little rant against or to LeBron James so obviously a lot to deal with that but I mean The Lakers just absolutely pummeled them in game six.
1: Yeah, I mean, and one series I was really watching was the Warriors-Kings because this is, you know, who the Lakers are going to have to play going into the next round. And I was thinking that the best chance for this Lakers team was probably the Kings. I mean, a young, unexperienced team against a LeBron team. But now it's really the most exciting option we have, and that's that they're going to have to take on the Golden State Warriors, who is also an experienced team. So this is an experienced team versus an experienced team, uh, uh, experienced coach versus a non-experienced coach. I mean, you could honestly argue LeBron is probably, you know, an assistant coach on a team. But, I mean, <laughs> I, I think I think this is, like, the most exciting option we could have had. I mean, you know, another exciting series, going into only the second round, getting to see a Warriors team and a Lakers team. I'm very excited. This is a series that I could see also going seven games. But if I'm being real— I mean, I don't know. I don't know who's going to guard Anthony Davis and no. Kevon Looney. I love him. He did great against Demontis Sabonis, but they're two different animals. And I mean, we're just going to have to see going forward. But I think this is a series that. In my mind, I see it leaning towards Warriors, but I know there's plenty on the staff who are going to say, you know, this is just another series for LeBron and AD. And, you know, but I mean, we're we're, we're always, you know, a, a few minutes away from AD getting hurt or something, not to speculate anything, but, you know, he. <laughs> knock on wood. Yeah, knock on woods for real. I mean, but, he, you know, he's a guy that you're going to need, you know, playing his best to take on this Warriors team at all times. So hopefully that they're able to do that and they're able to pull a series out. Let's kind of.
0: I want to. Pre, we'll preview this series and kind of. Think what's expected, but I just want to go back to Sacramento for just a minute because to me, I think a lot of people really opened their eyes when they saw the Sacramento team, and I called it. I said, "Watch this team because this team will will literally run until they tire you out." And unfortunately, they tire themselves off against the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry with fifty points, the most all time, the most all time scored in a game seven of any of any. Playoff series, round one, round twos, uh, conference finals, NBA finals. That's never been, I mean, that's never been done, ever. And to me, he literally just solidified his greatness in game seven. I know that's hard to admit, but in all fairness, real recognizes real. Steph Curry, to me, I mean, you can make an argument. He's considered now one of the, you know, one of the best point guards in the NBA. NBA, NBA. Maybe, maybe besides maybe Kyrie Irving, but we'll, we'll, we can get into that debate a little bit you know, at another time, but I mean, what a performance by Steph Curry, you know, dropping 50 points on the Sacramento Kings when Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins were hitting bricks all over the place. So, I mean, what an amazing player. And obviously, You know, he's making his name well-known in the NBA and possibly in future years to come.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and no one really saw the Kings in this position. I mean, you could have seen it in the beginning of the year. I mean, without any film on Debonis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox together, you couldn't have known that this Kings team was going to be as dominant as it was and to be in this position. I mean but they got they got unfortunate you know they had to play a team that just could not be balanced in the first round there was no way you're going to bounce curry and clay and draymond in the first round and steve kerr there's just no way but i mean props to them getting that position i mean now next year we all know to be watching out for that kings team they are no joke and hopefully they're able to keep the success because i know with mike brown at the helm they have a good chance at you know building this thing up to where it needs to be and hopefully this isn't just another 17 year drought from the playoffs and we're able to see the kings back next year and maybe they'll get their first playoff series win and you know 18 years so yeah a lot of upside there in Sacramento but I one team that I am really pulling for now that this you know now that the second round is underway is the Miami Heat and I know they don't have Tyler Hero but Jimmy Butler has just been so exciting to watch and the way he leads his team and you know just his his energy on that court I mean it's really awesome to watch and Getting to see him, you know, work his way back to hopefully another NBA finals would be kind of awesome. And, you know, they're playing a Knicks team right now where they're actually, the Knicks are favored to win. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Jimmy Butler just keeps defying the odds and, you know, able to take over these teams. And I think this Knicks team's a little overrated. I don't see where, where where their star power is besides Jalen Brunson. You want to tell Spike Lee that? I mean, I won't tell Spike. I, I like Spike. <laughs> I, I saw his shoes the other night, too. It was I really, Willis too. Reed, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those, those were, were clean. Yeah, very cool shoes. But, yeah, I mean, this Knicks team, I mean, without Julius Randle even, I, I really don't know how they're going to be able to keep the, the Bulls. But, I mean, I could say – not the Bulls, the Heat. But I could say the same thing about the Heat team. They're not very deep either. It's really just Jimmy Butler versus the world right now. So, I mean, yeah, that's just one series that I personally have found a lot of interest in just because Jim, the, the rise of Jimmy Buckets. Yeah, I mean – Jimmy Buckets, but keep in mind, people
0: people really don't remember how well Jimmy Butler played in the NBA Finals when they played against LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers at that time in Game Five specifically. Because I want to say Jimmy Butler played that whole game and absolutely put on a performance that, like I've ne- I also like I've never seen until Steph Curry kind of ruined that this past weekend. But, but just going off of that series alone, I do agree with you about Miami possibly having more advantage because of the vet, because of some of the veterans that are on that team, like Kyle Lowry led like Jimmy Butler, bam, you know, bam out of bio now kind of getting used to being along with the veterans as well. So, but I mean, Miami has had playoff history, obviously the two back-to-back championships that they won with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, obviously. So they have a lot of, a lot of experience being in the playoffs as well. As far as the New York Knicks go, I mean, I, I, I can see them. Maybe it, maybe winning one game out of this series, but I still think Miami would go to the conference finals. But I mean, if that happens, I mean, when was the last time an eight seed has made it even? To the conference finals. Yeah, me. I
1: mean, I couldn't I couldn't tell you, but I mean, I think they're gonna have to play one of those teams from the Boston 76ers series, which is, you know, arguably the Eastern Conference Finals in the second round. Oh yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that'll be interesting to watch because really whatever team wins that <laughs> wins that bloodbath, they're in the driver's seat in mm-hmm. their own right to make the Eastern Conference Finals. So I mean that'll be curious that'll be one to watch for sure going forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And another the other Western so there's games on tonight. Uh, it's game. It's game one of the Eastern Semis between the Philadelphia Sixers and the Boston Celtics. They're in Boston, so. For me, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go ahead and take Boston in this in the first game, just so they can kind of get comfortable, and then game two will really decide who kind of wins wins that series. Yeah,
1: I mean, and the Joel Embiid thing is gonna be a big question mark because I mean he's going with an MCL sprain or spring. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a, usually a two to four week process. You don't want to risk you know a significant injury. Um, so yeah, that'll be a big question mark. I mean, I know we don't condone um, sports betting or anything here at KCSW, <laughs> but I mean, I like to look at the odds just because it gives you a tell on who's supposed to win and the Sixers are plus plus three 360 something right now mm-hmm. so they're significantly unfavored with you know without the Joel Embiid addition but that does not mean that you can't under, um, undermine the ability of Tyrese Maxey and James Harden and what they're able to do because we, we have been able to see what you know the Celtics do when they're when their stars don't play up to their best like when Jalen Brown's not playing his best and when Jason Tams are playing their best, you know, they can hardly beat the Hawks. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how the stars of the 76ers without Joel Embiid match up against probably the best team in the East, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the, I mean, we, we, I know we talk about the West a lot, but the East honestly has made a, made a lot of noise this, in this playoffs as well. So, that game's going to be at 6.30 Central Time on TNT. And then the other game that is going to be honestly an eye opener for a lot of people is the Phoenix Suns taking on. The number one team in the West, the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets took game one in this series. And, I mean, that opened a lot of eyes because, honestly, a lot of people were favoring the Suns in this series. But people I but people tell me that Jamal Murray is such an underrated point guard because of all the things he could do, especially in the playoffs. But it's game two. So, to me, I'm going to take Phoenix in this so they can even up the series. And just possibly make a nice little run in the playoffs heading back into Phoenix, Arizona and Mm -hmm. Uh, you know it's it's a coin flip on that series.
1: Yeah, I mean you speak on Jamal Murray I mean the guy has just bounced back from injury And I mean he didn't have the greatest regular season of course playing up to you know his standard that he was prior to the injury But I mean that's not necessarily what this Nuggets team needs They need a you know a point guard and a vocal leader and that's exactly what they have with him leading Nikola Jokic And it, it's awesome to see that they were able to pull the first one out because if they didn't I'd probably say this is a Phoenix Sun series in five like last year. Yeah, um, but you know They did you know they pulled the first one out and This is crucial for, you know, Jokic kind of not legacy, but, you know, his, what he's you know putting out and, you know, he him taking advantage of what people thought, you know, the number one team going into this, you know, the Phoenix Suns, um, I mean, it's, it's great because, I mean, he's proving that, hey, this Nuggets team's the number one team in the West right now, so I mean, yeah, it's awesome to watch him get to kind of show his stuff, and hopefully that this is able to continue, but I mean, I think this will be a, a fight all the way to the end, and yeah. I mean, arguably, whichever team wins this one is in the driver's seat to make the Western
0: Conference Finals. Yeah, 100%, so, well, my picks are because because I had Sacramento, but Denver's still in because I had Denver going to the co- Western Conference Finals still. So, but my Sacramento pick was completely gone after yesterday's fifty point game by Steph. So, but Game Two of the other Western Semis Conference or Semis matchup is going to be at nine o'clock Central Time right after the Bo- the Philadelphia Boston game. You can catch that on TNT as well as Denver is looking to go two and zero, and Phoenix is looking to go one and one. But that is all the time we have here this afternoon. Let's go and kind of give a little bit of the weather report here this afternoon, this morning here. So today it is currently, sorry, just kind of taking a little bit here. So lovely San Marcos. Obviously the sun is out, but it's going to be 75, it is currently 75 degrees outside. It is going to be a high of 83, it was a low of 54 this morning. And then tomorrow's forecast, Tuesday's forecast, is going to be a high of 81 and a low of 62 as well. So obviously the sun is starting to shine here on the state of Texas as we are in officially in the month of May. So obviously everybody, it is crunch time. It's time to get finals
1: going uh, JPD got any finals that you got to do this week? Oh man, they're all next week. But for everyone out there, got to finish strong. I mean, got the biggest academic comebacks in, in everyone's you know career. So you yeah, know, yeah, get get your stuff done. Yeah, absolutely. So, but that is all
0: the time we have. Thank you for tuning in to this Monday edition of Bobcat Radio here in in KT on KTSW. If you want to keep up with KTSW Sports, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Spotify as well on for KTSW Sports Sports. For JP Flanagan, I'm Kobe Jackson. Wish you all a a very happy Monday. Good luck on all your finals this week. Have a good day, everybody. And now let's get you back to the other side of radio.